to Midweek Online at Christian Life Church. We are so glad that you have joined us this evening. We pray that you are blessed and highly favored at your house tonight. We're going to start off tonight uh, with just a word of prayer. We want to pray together as a church family for those that are in need. Of course, we want to remember Brother Clavin and Sister Liz Ship. Both of them are in need of a touch of God. We want to remember um, Sister Ruth Oglethorpe. Also, Brother Austin Eubanks is on hospice care. And, uh, of course, I would like to mention my aunt, Gay Lewis, uh, tested positive for COVID. And uh, she's doing well, but uh, we just want to pray the hand of protection and covering over her and uh, many, many other needs that are within the church and within your own families. And we just want to take a moment and bring these needs to God. Would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, we thank you. And we love you, God, for everything that you have done for us, God. We pray, Lord, for these needs, God, for you know them and are able to supply them, God. We pray for the ships right now, God, that you would touch that faithful family. For Sister Ruth Oglethorpe, God, we pray for her and her family, God, separated because of the mandates of COVID. And we, we just pray your hand be upon her, God, upon Brother Eubanks as he lays uh, in that hospital bed. God, we pray that you would touch him. And also, God, we pray your hand of protection upon my Aunt Gay, Lord. We pray, God, that you would touch her, protect her, lead her, and guide her. And the host of needs throughout our church family and church body, God, you are faithful and just and true. And we put all of these in your hands because we trust in you tonight, God. We thank you and we love you and we give you praise. Again, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we're going to be jumping into a new series um, starting tonight called The Proving Ground. And we all uh, use products all of the time and, and we don't realize that they have been through rigorous testing before it ever makes it to your shelf in your store or, or even into your grocery bag or to your house. It has been tested and proven on the proving grounds, and so we're starting a new series about being tested tonight, and uh, we're we're excited about what God is going to do through this series, and we're going to jump into that in just a moment. But I do want to remind you: if you want to give online tonight, you can give online um, at clcmonroe.org, and uh, if you hit give at the top of the page, that will take you into our giving portal. Also, you can give by texting the word "give" to three one eight. 301-3601. Again, that is texting the word GIVE to 318-301-3601, and that will also take you into our giving portal. Also, you can mail check or money order into the church at 6680 Frontage Road, Monroe, Louisiana, 71202. I'm excited about uh, this series that we're starting out tonight because if we've ever been living in a time of testing that time is now. Uh, I want to read in just a moment from 1 Peter chapter 4, but I'd just like to say that, um, that in this season, uh, as well as every other season, we are being tested. And there are nine different tests that every Christian will face, and we're going to cover those in the next few weeks, and we pray um, that they will be a blessing to you to help you to know what God is asking you and what comes next for you. Um, because every, every test has a question behind it. And 
how we answer those questions will determine how we move forward in our walk with God, in our purpose, and in the plan of God. And so uh, I want to jump into 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12. And this is a familiar passage of Scripture. Peter writes and he says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though some strange, uh, something strange were happening to you. He says, don't be surprised when you are tested by fire. He's saying that it is normal. It is a part of being a Christian to face the fiery trial that will test us. He says, don't think it's strange as though some strange thing were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. And so I want to, before I jump into the lesson, I want to encourage you, you can go on Amazon.com, you can purchase uh, this book, it's called The Proving Ground 2.0 by author Kevin Gerald. And we're just going to cover uh, this book over the next few weeks and, and see how God will speak to us through it and through the scriptures. And so um, tonight, I, I just want to talk about when you are tested. Everybody is tested at some time or another, and we just want to talk about when you are tested. One of my very least favorite things in the world is one of those cheap box of chocolates that you buy in the grocery checkout line the day before Valentine's Day. Maybe you've had this experience, you need a last minute gift, you see the little heart-shaped box sitting uh, by the checkout line and so in, in a last hurrah you grab the box and you take it home and you hand it to your loved one as if you put a lot of time, thought and effort into that gift. And you probably know the ones that I'm talking about. Um, they hold various assorted chocolates, one or two of which might taste all right. You may have noticed that inside the box, when you open it up, they give you a map of the chocolates describing which chocolate has which filling and which flavor. And there's absolutely nothing worse than biting into this delicious-looking piece of chocolate, only to find that it, inside it is filled with licorice cherry liquid or an unidentifiable white paste that tastes something like an industrial polymer. We've all done it. You bite in. It looks so delicious, but you bite in. You find out that what's on the inside doesn't match what's on the outside. You know, they wouldn't give you a map of the chocolates if they didn't know that some of the chocolates look delicious on the outside, but they're filled with something that tastes terrible on the inside. To borrow from Brother Forrest Gump's theology, you never know what you're going to get in a box of chocolates. You just don't know. The only way to really know is to try what is inside. We've all nibbled the edge or broken the crust only to slip the offending chocolate back into the slot half eaten because we didn't like what we discovered when we tested what was on the inside. Testing is necessary to eliminate the bad and to find the good. Testing is necessary to find out what really is on the inside. You see, God tests us for the same 
reason that we test chocolates. He wants to reveal what is on the inside, to expose what lies within. And Peter tells us in our text that we should not be surprised when we face the furnace of fiery trials that test our faith. We shouldn't be surprised when troubles come because we are being tested. We are being tried to see what is on the inside of us. I just want to pause here and say this, that God is far less interested in our comfort than He is in our outcome. Sometimes we tend to get the wrong picture of suffering because we have the wrong picture of God. God is more interested in shaping and making us and molding us into who He's called us to be and forming us for His purpose than He is in giving us what we want. <coughs> you see, we see suffering and trouble as punishment. Oftentimes when we come to these moments in life when we feel as if we're being tested, we, we, we think that God must be angry at us or God must be punishing us. But God sees them as necessary to the process of becoming who we need to be, who we are called to be. When we are surprised by the troubles and tests of life, it is because we don't understand the love of God. We have all made the mistake of thinking that God might be punishing us, that our chickens are finally coming home to roost. When bad things arise in our life, we start doing an inventory, uh, especially when they come one right after the other. You get a flat tire, and then you get a bill, and, and then something else bad happens, and, and you don't know what all is going on. And, and all of a sudden, you start doing an inventory. Did I mess up somewhere along the way? Is God angry at me? Did I, did I forget to pay my tithe? Did, what did I do here that has gotten God so upset at me that he would put me through what I am going through? Peter tells us, do not be surprised. Another translation says it this way, don't be astonished, but rejoice when you are tested because you are a partaker of Christ's sufferings. And if you partake in his suffering, you will also reap the benefits of his glory when it is revealed. And so it's not about comfort. God isn't here to make me feel good, but it's about the outcome. God is invested in our outcome. He's invested in what we're becoming. And so he tests us. He takes us to the proving ground of our faith. He puts us in the furnace of suffering to reveal what is on the inside and to purify our faith. Because everything that has potential has to be tested. Everything that has potential is eventually tested. When you get ready to buy a new car, one of the things that you want to do as a wise investor is to go on a test drive in order to find out if the car is safe and if the car is right for you and whether it shakes or rattles when you drive it. You want to find out what it's like. You want to put it to the test. Same thing with the food that we eat. It gets tested. Appliances are given a label with a certification number on them that verifies that they have been tested. Even airplanes go through an extensive testing process before you ever get in them. 
which we ought to be thankful for when we're suspended 30,000 feet in the air. You see, the purpose of testing is to prove the product. So the milk we drink, the automobiles we drive, the airplanes we fly in, and many other products that we use are all tested to prove their safety and their reliability. The product has to withstand the tests way before it gets into our hands. And in the same way, we as believers go through the proving ground of testing that determines who we are. It reveals what kind of character that we have, what we can endure, how dependable and reliable we really are, what causes us to really lose it. You see, who you are and what you are made of, your personal potential is proven by the testing process. Often, the only thing standing between you and the next great thing that God wants to do in your life is simply a test. And so that's why we're jumping into this series is because through the testing process and how we respond to the testing process can determine where we come out in life. And we all will face these tests. Everyone that is listening to this broadcast, everyone that is tuned in right now, you're facing a test of one kind or another. You see, your life is filled with opportunities known as proving grounds. But often we don't recognize them because they come disguised as problems, issues, struggles, troubles, trials. We call them all sorts of things, but ultimately they're really opportunities. In John chapter 6, Jesus was with his disciples and, and a great crowd is gathered around him in John 6, 5. The Bible says that lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus says to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And listen to what verse 6 says. John 6, 6 says that he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus did not ask him the question because he didn't know the answer. He asked him the question because he wanted to test him. And he, he used a problem to present the question. He asked this question to test Philip, to reveal to Philip what was happening within his own faith. And verse 7 of John chapter 6 says, Philip answered him, and he says, 200 denarii, which is a half year's worth of wages. He says, a 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to even get a little bread. What Philip is saying there is he's saying, we don't have enough money to feed these people. We don't have it. We, we don't have the resources available to secure the amount of bread that we will need for this crowd. Tests come in the form of problems. And at the heart of those problems is a question that heaven is asking you. Because when you face financial insufficiency, it's not just a coincidental problem. When you face financial insufficiency, it's a test that is asking you a question. Do you trust in money 
or do you trust in God? When we face problems underneath, if we really get down to it, underneath the problem is a question that God is asking of us. Jesus was asking Philip, where does your provision come from? Philip immediately turns and looks to money. But Jesus knew what he was going to do already. He wanted to know if Philip was able to believe in a moment where the situation looked like it was impossible. Because underneath the test there's a question. And, and, and what Jesus is doing is Jesus knows he's going to multiply the fishes and the loaves. Jesus knows what he's about to do. Jesus knows that he is the answer for the problem that is in front of Philip and in front of the crowd. But Philip doesn't know it yet. And so Jesus asked him a question to test him. Underneath a test, there is always a question. And in the next few weeks in this series, we're going to look at nine different tests. And they all come with a question. We're going to look at the test of small things that ask this. Can you handle more? We're going to look at the motivation test, which asks, are you doing the right thing for the right Reason. We're going to look at the credibility test, which is can others count on you and trust you with the opportunities that are given to you? The wilderness test asks us the question, are you ready to make the changes that progress requires of you? The authority test asks us, do you respect and appreciate the authority God has put in your life? The warfare test asks, what is your adversity quotient? The offense test asks, are you going to let circumstances and situations in life offend you? The test of time asks us, do you get better or do you get bitter with time? And ultimately, the Lordship test will ask us, do you accept that God's way is always the right way? Every test has a question underneath it. And how we answer the question determines whether or not we pass the test. How we answer the question determines whether or not we will pass the test. Because testing always precedes promotion. You remember this from school. is You couldn't get to the next grade until you passed the right tests. Uh, a, a few years back when we were pastoring in Flagstaff, I got an insurance job with a stipulation that I had to pass the licensing exam for the state. And they gave me three weeks to pass the test because I entered into the hiring process late. And usually they give about six to eight weeks to study for this test. I had three weeks. And so for the, those three weeks, I crammed for the test. Every day, all day, studying, struggling, memorizing. And, and, and um, ultimately, I went in to take the test. And it was, it was actually two tests. And I passed them both. Amazingly, I was blown away. And, and the, the, the company was impressed that I was able to pass the test on short notice. And I got the job because I passed the test. I was promoted to the next level of hiring because I passed the test. Here's the thing, is that if I had failed the test, they, they would have given me one more opportunity to take the test. But if I failed the test again they would have moved on and given the job to someone else. 
You see, here's the thing is God wants to use us. God wants to promote us. God wants, he, he wants to develop us. And so what does he do? He brings us to the proving ground where our opportunities are disguised as problems. And our future depends on, what, on how we handle what is happening to us. And, and God brings us to the testing ground, the proving ground. And, and what he does there is he puts us in a situation that how we respond to that situation determines what comes next. It determines whether we will be promoted or whether God will use somebody else. Because testing always precedes promotion. God wants to use us, but heaven is watching how you handle that toxic work environment to see if you will be influenced or if you will be the influencer. Heaven is watching that financial issue to see if you will be a wise steward or if you will give in to temporary desire. Heaven is watching what you do with the opportunities that are given to you. Heaven is watching these opportunities to respond in the right way to authority. Heaven is watching to see how you're going to answer the test. Because if you pass the test, you receive promotion. Let me say this, that God loves us too much not to test us. Peter tells us this, he says, beloved. That's how he starts his statement. And I believe he does so to remind us, you who are loved by God, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though some strange thing were happening to you. He says, you who are loved by God, don't be surprised when you're tested because God loves you too much not to test you. God wants to develop you. He wants... To bring you to a higher place. He wants to use you for his kingdom. He wants to use you to impact people around you. He wants to use you to bring the power and the presence of God into your family and into your home. He wants to use you in ministry to reach your community. He wants to connect you with the right people. He wants to promote you in his kingdom. He wants to do all of those things things and so how does he do it he does it by bringing us to these opportunities that are disguised as problems they are tests he says beloved do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you so what what does God do when he wants to use us when he wants to promote us and develop us he brings us to the proving ground the testing place and, and listen, testing does several things in our life. First of all, testing reveals our trust. When talking about the testing of our faith, Peter uses the language of the refiner's fire. He says, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial or the fiery test which is to try you. Peter's language is referencing the process of purifying metal and bringing it to a state of greater value and usability. In fact, the Greek word for trial there is purosis, which uh, we, we probably don't have a lot of Greek speakers, um, but we all can recognize how close that sounds to the word purify. And, and, and this word literally means a burning or a trial uh, or a smelting. It's, it's bringing metal from an impure state to a pure state by exposure to heat. You see, 
this is the, the language that Peter uses. He says, when God tests us, God puts us in the, fi the fire. <coughs> God puts us in the heat. God puts us in problems, in pressure, in circumstances that challenge us so that he can purify us. And ultimately, testing will reveal what we really trust. You see, within a normal chunk of ore, there is both good and bad. There is precious metal, but there is also the dross, the impurities that diminish the value of the metal and make it unfit for the smith's use. You see, it's interesting that both live together within the metal ore. And in normal conditions, they can coexist together, almost indiscernible. When they, when they mine it out of the mountain, it comes out as ore. And, and this ore, uh, in normal conditions, is both a mixture of good and bad, indistinguishable from one another. But when you put them in the heat of the furnace... The, the refiner uses the heat of the furnace to bring the metal to a temperature that will separate the precious from the impure. And that temperature will eventually begin to burn away the impurities that are in the metal. So it's in the fire that that which is precious and pure survives. It's in the fire that that which is precious and pure comes forth. And the dross or the impurities there are exposed and burned away by the testing process, by the trying process, by the refiner's fire. And the fire reveals what's really inside the ore. It reveals what is really underneath the surface because on the surface we would all say, yes, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I trust in God, I believe, I'm faithful, I give, I do all of these things. But, but in normal conditions, it's easy for us to trust other things alongside of trusting God. And, and we have this mixture of, of things that we look to and trust in that, that live alongside another in normal conditions. It's indistinguishable. But, but when God brings us into a time of testing and into the fiery trial which tries our faith, ultimately it reveals what we trust in. James 1 tells us that God tests our faith. It is the testing of our faith. And so why, why does God put us into difficult circumstances? He does it to test our faith, to find out what we really believe in, to expose what we really look to and what we really rely on. You see, trials are really all about trust because it's in, in normal conditions, it's easy to say that we trust God. We're faithful to church. Look, we even tune into midweek online. We're really faithful. But the truth is that we've all faced situations and troubles that cause us to second guess whether or not God is really with us and whether or not God is really for us. We find ourselves asking, have I made a mistake somewhere along the way? Have I made God angry at me because I'm feeling the heat in my life right now and I'm not really sure whether or not God is on my side? You know, here's how to know when you've entered into the fire. When you begin to face losing something that causes you the question to question the point in living for God. 
that's when you know you've entered the fire. It didn't work out like you thought it would. And so, what's the point in really living for God? You know, if God doesn't bless my finances, or if, if God doesn't open that door, if God doesn't heal my sickness, then what, what is the point in serving Him? That's when you know you've entered a time of testing. You know you are in the fire when you are forced to choose between trusting God or fixing it yourself. You're forced to choose between obeying God or continuing in that relationship. You're, you're, you're forced to, to, to answer the question and to choose between pleasure or purpose. It is the testing of our faith, James says. And God uses the heat of trouble to test whether we are serving Him or whether we want God to serve us. You see, you really don't know what you trust until you face trouble. Because the truth is, there's a lot of things that we trust alongside God. They seem innocent and normal, almost indiscernible in normal conditions. But when we're in the fire, we have to choose. Am I going to trust God with my circumstance? Am I going to trust God in this time of testing? Trust God or am I going to throw money at it? Am I going to please God or am I going to please people around me? Am I going to pursue the purpose that God has given me or am I going to pursue pleasure and ease? Am I going to obey scripture or am I going to follow my own heart and my own thoughts? You see, it's when we are in the furnace that we see who we really are. We see there what we really worship, the things that we really look to in life. And we really never know what we are. We're like that chocolate that looks beautiful on the outside. But we never know what we are until the inside is revealed. And that happens in the proving ground. You see, testing reveals what is within us. We've all been there. When you're tested with be honest and lose. Obey God and lose career advancement. Or compromise character and get a job promotion. It's the time of testing. Why am I here? What am I going to do in that circumstance? Testing reveals what we trust in. What we look to. And, and testing reveals the inadequacy of all the other things. Because in the fire, the, the refiner's fire, the dross is burned up. The lesser things are burned up and the pure remains. And, and, and there are some situations that we will get into in life when doing what we've always done will not work. When looking to money or, or looking to fame or, or to popularity or to comfort or to pleasure or to power or, or to control and all of those things, when that doesn't work anymore, it, it, fire reveals how inefficient and inadequate the other things that we trust in are. And it leaves us with an understanding of how God is faithful and true, even in the midst of the storm. So testing reveals some things. And also testing transforms us. You know, the test is designed to expose the inadequacy of the things we trust outside of God. And times of testing have a way of helping us to drill down on, on what is really worth believing in and shaping our life around. 
In the last few months, many things have been exposed to us as things we cannot count on. Jobs, finances, economy, freedom, friends. Things that that we're losing that can all pass away. And in times of testing, we learn about the faithfulness of God. God allows things to fall away, but Peter says that God never fails. He never falls away. He will not leave us and He will not forsake us. Listen to what James says in in James 1.3. He says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, listen to this, he says, You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Why, why would God allow us to suffer? Why would God allow us to be tested? Why would He allow us to go through times that are uncomfortable and, and times that are difficult? It's because ultimately on the other side of the test there is a promotion that's coming. He says, let your endurance grow through the time of test. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's God's intention with bringing us into these tests that we're going to talk about the next few weeks is God wants to bring something better out of the fire. There's a story that's been passed around and it's probably mostly true as most you know, preachers' illustrations are. But the story is of a pastor who uh, went down and visited a silversmith. He wanted to learn a little bit more about how he refined the silver that he worked with. And, and he watched as the silversmith uh, began to refine this hot liquid pool uh, of silver ore. And, and, he, and he's there burning it and, and burning it. And time went on. And, and finally the pastor spoke up and he, he asked the silversmith, how do you know when the metal is ready? And, and how it, do you know when it's been purified? And the, the story goes that the silversmith turned to him and he says, I, I know that it's purified when I can see my image in it, when I can look into it and see my own reflection. You see, that is what God really ultimately is doing when He tests us, is He's putting us into the fire of suffering, of sacrifice, of struggle, of problems, but really they're an opportunity to grow. They're an opportunity to be developed. They're an opportunity to become more like Him. It's in the fire that He's going to reveal the things that need to be burned away. It's in the fire that He removes from us the things that don't belong. And that we come out with a purer faith than we went in. And when He sees His reflection in us, that's when we have passed the test. You see, God didn't put you in the middle of the problem that you are facing right now because He is against you. He put you here to develop you. He put you here to promote you. He put you here to bring you into your purpose. So how will we respond to the test? There are all sorts of ways that we respond to tests. Sometimes we get mad at God. We foolishly charge God because we don't understand what He's doing. Are you going to get mad at God? How how do you respond to the test? Do you give up on His purposes for your life? you walk away from your calling? Do you lose faith in the promises of God? How, how do we respond to the testing? Peter tells us the key to surviving the tests that come our way is in 1 Peter 4.19. He says this, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, another version says it this way, If you are suffering according to the will of God, if you're 
placed in the proving grounds and your soul is searching for answers, he says this, keep on doing what is right in the New Living Translation and trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. What do you do when you're being tested? When your motives are being tested? When your, your, your opportunities look like problems? What do you do? Here's what you do, Peter said. Is he says, you keep on doing what is right. You keep on doing what is right. And you keep trusting your life to the God that created you. Because God will never fail you. Other stuff will fail you. And, and the fire will reveal what won't work in your life. Sometimes God puts you in a circumstance just to show you that the way that you've been living and thinking will not get you to the next level. And so Peter says, what do you do? Is, is you keep doing what's right. You obey God. Uh, you obey His word. And you trust Him with the outcome. You trust your life to the God who created you. Don't, don't be astonished. Don't be surprised by the trial and by the fire and by the pain and by the suffering and by the questions and by the issues that arise in your life. He says, don't, don't be surprised by those things. God has his hand on you and God is going to deliver you for he will never fail you. Don't give up, Peter said. Be not weary in well-doing. Don't walk away. Don't believe the lie that God is against you. Peter says, do what is right and trust the outcome of your life to the God who created you. Don't give up. Trust God with the outcome. Each of us are facing tests in our life right now. And I, I hear the Spirit saying to us tonight that we need to remember whose we are. That he wouldn't put us into the fire. He wouldn't test our faith if he didn't have a greater promise, purpose, and plan for us. I pray that you'll stick with us for the next three Wednesdays. Because we're going to look at, at these tests that every Christian must face. And in them you're going to find and you're going to hear from the Spirit of God concerning some things that you're facing in your own life right now. And I hear God saying that this is a time of testing. If we've ever lived in a time of testing, it's right now. But I don't know about you, but I want to pass the test. I want to keep doing what's right and trust God with the outcome and trust my life to the God that created me. Would you bow your head and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we see that in your word you have not called us to comfort, but you've called us to a purpose. God, you've called us to promises. You've called us to your kingdom for such a time as this. And because of it, God, we will face difficulties, struggles, and challenges that maybe we don't even understand at the moment. But Lord, you're using them to purify us. You're using them to make us more like you. I pray, God, in the process of testing, that our hearts would be open, that our ears would be attent. God, that you would have our full attention in the testing. And God, that you would reveal to us the things that must remain, that you would purify our faith and help us to come out as pure gold. I pray for our families, God, for our church, God, for our, our ministry, for our leadership. God, I pray that in this time, this uncertain time, that we would come out as pure gold. And Lord, that you would bring us to the fullness of your purpose and your plan. In Jesus' name, I pray it and believe it for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you. Please do tune in. Grab your family, your friends. Share it on Facebook. Share it on social media. It's going to be a great three weeks, the next three weeks, looking at the nine tests that every Christian must face. And uh, I want to remind you, if you want to give online, you can do that at clcmonroe.org or text the word GIVE to 318-301-3601. This is for all of you who tuned in a little bit late and didn't hear it earlier. Again, we thank you for joining with us. Join us here Sunday morning for a time of worship and a powerful word from God. We're believing God's best for you. May God bless you and have a wonderful evening.